Welcome to Central Valley Podcasts, developed by Fresno Madero Medical Society physician members. My name is Nicole Butler, and I'm the executive director here at the Medical Society. We're here um, today with Dr. Cesar Vasquez, local pediatrician in town, and we're going to talk about nutrition for infants, um, for the infant stage to the toddler stage. Welcome. And we also have Kaylee Fonts here as well. Hi there. Hi there. How are you? Glad to be here. Thank you. So let's go ahead and get started because I know this is a this is a topic that everybody should listen to when it comes to nutrition and even myself with with a toddler and mm. an infant. Mm. So at, when should um, when should someone start feeding a baby solid foods, an infant solid foods? So the that's a great question, and I believe things have shifted over the years due to a variety of different types of concerns, but. All in all, it depends. Uh, most doctors would feel that by four months, uh, some infants, not all of them, it depends on personality, temperament, all sorts of factors, but about four months is when I think a parent should be thinking about introducing some sort of a solid food. And usually we start with like a pureed food. And if you feel that at that moment that your that baby is, is spitting it out or maybe the tongue, re there's a reflex called the tongue thrust reflex, and that means that they spit everything out, they're just not ready. you got to give it another couple of weeks. In the past, there have been some concerns with allergies and perhaps uh, overwhelming the gut too um, too too quickly with introducing of solid foods and so the, the 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 recommendation was to start later more in the six month age but it, looking at some recent studies it shows that children that started solids a little bit too late developed more cases of eczema and food allergies so i think the jury's still out on this I'm not, I don't think you're going to go wrong with starting in that window of time between four to six months. The United States has one of the highest incidences of peanut allergy, for example, or food allergy in general. And they've looked at other countries uh, where they have very little peanut allergy, and, and one country in particular is Israel. And they were figuring out, trying to figure out why is there so little peanut allergy in Israel? Well, it turns out that they have this snack food in Israel called bamba, and it's a peanut-based little dissolvable cookie, and the kids suck on that, and it's, it's got peanut protein, and that eliminates their uh, tendency to develop peanut allergy. So I think our fear of allergies and our fear of developing severe reactions to foods is a little bit over what it should be. And so that's why I personally recommend, you know, let's see how, where he's at at four months. The baby should be able to sit relatively, not by himself, but relatively uh, sturdy in a high chair. And the head should be fairly firm, not bobbling around or anything like that. So, again, it depends on that baby. And, you know. Yeah. Okay, so when you say solid foods, like, okay, so <clears throat> this is very different from <clears throat> when my, I have a five-year-old. And this is yeah. very different. Like, I didn't start her on solid foods and I mean solid foods like food I would eat mm -hmm. until she was one mm -hmm. and I introduced I think um, like a rice cereal around six months and mm -hmm. I that could be old school but that's yeah. how I did it now so when you say solid foods or pureed foods what kind of foods are you talking about yeah. at that four month so level. again, very good point to make here because solid foods for a baby is table foods. 
right? So there's there's no such thing as baby food, in my opinion. Okay, this is a very uh, strong and uh, creative marketing campaign uh, from the likes of Gerber, you know, <laughs> where they make you think that oh, you need to have this baby food in a jar, and the, the nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, whatever the family's eating is good enough for the family, is good enough for the baby, you know, within reason, really? right? <laughs> yes, of course, yeah, that's what I recommend. Well, when I say baby mm-hmm. food, just to give everybody history here i mean we would make our own baby food but we yeah. were we were steaming vegetables pureeing them yeah, right. mixing them with the uh, the their formula mm-hmm. or breast milk mm-hmm. and then that's what i would feed them yeah but so you're saying though so if i am having you know steamed carrots mm-hmm. for dinner i can do i puree those with? yeah sure, sure right and every stage requires a different texture so so sure for the four six seven until they get some teeth uh, they should be kind of in a pureed or semi-pureed form. Uh, you obviously want to be careful about choking hazards and so on. But essentially, the foods that you're eating, it could be quinoa, avocado, and bok choy. I mean, that's fine, right? Okay. I mean, as long as you mash it up with a fork, it's fork mashed basically is all you need. You don't need a blender or anything like that. Okay. Uh, and, and that's it. You can kind of give the, that baby uh, the taste of those foods and the more varieties of foods those babies are exposed to the less likely they're going to develop um, uh, tendency to be picky eaters uh, going forward and and going back to this rice cereal that's that is a little bit dated because uh, we're we're that's okay though it's okay because a lot of people say use it but the my comment on that is that rice cereal is basically sugar uh, and oh, we're trying wow. yeah it turns into sugar as soon as it touches your tongue basically right so it's a it's a processed grain and it's depleted of pretty much every nutrient that it, right. it would be beneficial for you so i tell parents go for multigrain okay you know, go so for it's the a filler whole is what you're saying yeah that's okay. pretty much what it is and and so i i discourage using that and uh, grains are important, but it's, uh, I think, rice cereal, we're probably moving away from that. Okay. Good uh, to know. So I want to go back to this this cookie from Israel. Yeah. And why aren't the, the what is it called? A boba? Ba- bamba. Bamba. Yeah. Why aren't bambas sold in the United States? Because no, actually. I want those. <laughs> uh, actually, it turns out that they are because I saw them, I think, at Trader Joe's the other day. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's a great tip. I yeah. mean, I've never heard of them before. And Speaking with someone that, once again, has a five-year-old that is in preschool right now, mm-hmm. um, I can't send her to school with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. That's asinine for me. Excuse right. my French, yeah. but that's crazy. Yeah, 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 right. I, you know, I'm like, I, I get that, you know, you're not smearing peanut butter all over your, your little friend next to you, but, mm. but is it really that bad of mm. peanut allergies? Well, it, it's not that bad. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that there's more cases of them in this country than there are in, in other countries that introduce solids probably earlier and they have no problems with like seeds and nuts uh, as part of their diet. So I do tell parents, uh, yeah, if you want to give them a little peanut butter uh, just to sort of taste uh, here and there after their four months of age, I think I don't see a problem with that at all. Now, of course, there's caveats and there's disclaimers. You, you have to understand that if there's a very strong family history of peanut allergy you probably want Don't to wait baby yeah exactly yeah. same with eggs and things like that but uh, all of those foods are on the table if you wanted to do uh, just anything that uh, even the meats that can be ground up and put into a more of a puree that's fine too when oh, wow. do that. I am yeah. that's interesting I, it's yeah. very interesting i would have never ever thought that literally with with scarlet she didn't have a meat mm-hmm. introduced to her until even like baby food meat until mm-hmm. well into nine maybe ten months 
Oh, wow. So she's mm-hmm. a vegan. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she's not anymore. <laughs> so are there any foods that, that you should not introduce to your child before the age of one? Or is there, you know? Yeah, there, there's one that I think most people know, and that's honey. Right, um, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, honey-based products. There's like cough syrups now that, that are based from honey. You probably want to stay away from those. And the, the, the reason for that is the, the exposure to botulism uh, toxin, which uh, can be found in, in honey mm-hmm. uh, in unpasteurized foods and uh, things like that. So you do want to be careful. Also, canned foods can, can have uh, botulism. So that's another concern is probably not okay to, to use canned foods, even though the, the food industry here is extremely safe in the way it's prepared and processed. But uh, it's better to just go fresh. Basically. So when you say canned food, like canned vegetables? Yeah, yeah, really? probably. So anything canned? Anything canned for a, a child under the age of one. That would okay. be my recommendation. Yeah, no, it, it, as far as after that age, that's fine. But okay. it's, it's just that there's a concern about botulism, basically. And botulism is, is sort of a devastating disease, right? It causes yeah. paralysis mm-hmm. and you know, all sorts of problems. And they don't get the vaccine. for. I mean, they're not fully immunized until they're a little bit older, so... Um, so definitely no sushi before one. <laughs> right, right, right. That's uh, probably not a good idea. Okay, so so what is? Let's talk about a healthy diet for for your one plus year old. Mm-hmm. What is that, what do you recommend as far as their their meals? And then what's a good snack? I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like my child eats six times a day, but yeah. you know, five of those are usually snacks. Well, you know, y- uh, young children like so after the age of one, I imagine they may be walking by now. Uh, they're always active. They're exploring their world. Uh, the interest in food is not that great. They have smaller stomachs, so they they probably need more frequent meals, and it makes sense. But the the sooner you establish a a routine. And uh, the idea that meals are eaten at a particular place at a particular time. And if you miss that meal, you have to wait till the next mm-hmm. meal. And that just uh, uh, creates, um, uh, teaches them discipline. It teaches them patience. And also the fact that it's not okay to run around with like snack foods in your hand while you're playing with your puzzles or watching TV. Um, I'm, my thoughts are always on prevention of disease and the most common chronic disease in this country is obesity right now mm-hmm. and so we, mm-hmm. we i'm very um, concerned about that and uh, eating habits develop at a very young age so once you establish those habits it's very difficult to to change them um, so it's yeah. important for them to understand the idea that okay there's a breakfast there's some sort of breakfast there's some sort of a lunch and some sort of a dinner and then two snacks in between okay Keeping in mind that the average toddler is not going to eat three meals a day. Okay? Right. You'd be lucky if they eat one meal a day, mm-hmm. which is fine. They know exactly how many calories they have to uh, get, and you have to trust their physiology, their metabolism, their bodies, and not be chasing them with a spoonful of yogurt around the house. I mean, because sometimes parents get very frustrated. Oh, he's not eating anything. Well, let's look at the growth curve. Look at this. He's at the 50th percentile. I mean, he's doing fine. He's gaining weight. They'll eat when they're hungry type mentality. Right. Yeah, and the in our household we do the breakfast because mm-hmm. you know we've always been taught breakfast is the the most important meal of the day. But it's it when you have two working parents in the house and you're trying to get breakfast out the door, sometimes that gets difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you know, what's an ideal breakfast for? I mean, okay, let's a practical yeah. ideal breakfast because you know you, Saturday and Sundays you have <laughs> right. a little bit more time you right, can right, come right, over, right. but you know someone that you have you know ten to fifteen minutes in the morning to have breakfast. What right. do you recommend? Because I know the box cereal yeah. is not ideal. Well, I mean, if you're like most folks, uh, breakfast is eaten in the car. 
you know, unfortunately, that's the reality. It's happened with my family. I mean, uh, it's just uh, the 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 schedule that we have can be kind of hectic, and people are always on the run. So I don't see a problem with that. Just be careful that they're not eating like a big piece of a banana or something, and they're choking Choke in the back it. seat or something. So you have to be careful with the choices of foods. But yeah, typical breakfast. So some parents might um, uh, feel um, um, kind of likely to, to do a, a smoothie kind of food uh, where they can put um, almost any kind of ingredient in there, which includes green leafy vegetables, mm-hmm. but also uh, some some fruits. And, uh, and just to have them drink some of the smoothie, which contains a variety of different nutrients. In terms of solid foods, it, it's, it's just common sense. Uh, just maybe a banana, maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It should be quick. There's a lot of... Um, products that you have to be very um, uh, careful about looking at the ingredients but there's there's bars uh, these energy bars are grown not energy bars but um, nutrition is yeah. yeah bar some of them are better than others and uh, you would just just want to be uh, like cliff bars would was one that comes to mind which is i think is this nutritious. is so yummy for a five-year-old <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and then you have to understand what it, what are they going to eat exactly mm-hmm. yeah. so um you know like so if they're walking out the door, take a banana with them. Is there other types of snacks throughout the day that they mm-hmm. could um, they could have, and and you would consider that a nutrition nutritional balance to their daily yeah. meal? I think uh, the what comes to mind is uh, seeds and nuts are extremely good source of n- nourishment. They have a lot of vitamins and minerals. They have good quality protein and fats, and they're filling. And so, again, you have to get that child to sort of buy into that. So we're talking about trail mix without the M&Ms and other, other junk in there, right? Mm-hmm. But, but there's good quality trail mixes that have uh, dried fruits like raisins and things like that and also some seeds and nuts. That's an excellent snack that I, I recommend for, for parents to, to, to consider. And then, uh, again, there's a lot of companies that are – are very focused on on quality nutritional snacks so i go to trader joe's for example and they've got you know whole grain chips and whole grain crackers Just healthier choices right yeah. better than the frito-lay stuff right so so yeah i i do feel that it's important to have snacks that are yummy and that they're fun uh and that uh uh, that they can eat them and you don't have to worry about it, this being sort of too much sodium or too much uh, fat in them or something like that. But so you have to be a, a good shopper, a good consumer. And, and, and again, the other store that's very good, but again, the price can be a little bit uh, on the high side is Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole section for children uh, down that aisle. And there's all sorts of interesting snacks that I believe are pretty healthy. The other very good breakfast to have that's hearty is oatmeal. So oatmeal is a whole grain not the quick oats, but the ones that you cook, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, the McCann's Irish oatmeal that you have to cook. Again, that would be a very um, nutritious breakfast as well. Okay, so what if you had to, knowing that your child is on the go and you're trying to get at least two meals or a meal and a half in them, what, what, how many servings of fruits and vegetables? What's your, what's your bare minimum mm-hmm. that you have to get into a kid every day? Yeah. Well, again, we're going back to the guidelines. So if you look at the Food and Drug Administration, they have like the food pyramid. And some people agree with that. Some people don't agree with that. It's changed 100 times in the last five years. But it's changing, exactly. And then you have to be mindful of, well, who's supporting this program? And then there are some uh, concerns about 
uh, some of the support coming from these big big ag companies and the dairy council. Uh, I'm not a big fan of milk, for example. Uh, I think it's got uh, ingredients in them that may may not be the best choices for for children, like cholesterol and hormones and fats. I think there's other alternatives to that that are just as nutrition or more, like coconut milk, almond milk, soy milk, the, the, those kinds of non-dairy drinks. Uh, in general, there tends to be a overweight in consuming dairy foods in this country, you know, or, or not an overweight, probably an overemphasis uh, in consuming foods. So a lot of kids eat a lot of cheese, uh, dairy products, more yogurt than they should be. And before you know it, that, that creates problems. And the most common problem would be like a tummy problem or constipation where, you know, they just don't have enough fiber in their diet mm-hmm. to really be have regular um, uh, bowel um, uh, um, services, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or bowel function, rather. So that, that, that's what, um, you know, was that... So apparently I'm doing everything wrong in my household. So let's, let's go back to this milk question because, you know, milk is a big part of our, right. our family mm. diet. I mean, we go through. We use it in everything. Yeah. Right. Well, we go through gallons a week. I mean, it's, is that right? okay. and it's not necessarily, well, it's all of us. You yeah. know? So you're saying that, so from the time that, so let, let's put this into perspective. Mm. Mom breastfeeds for the first six months and then they're on a formula, which does have some, mm dairy in it mm-hmm. and for the most part and then at one you're saying go to almond milk is there is there enough nutrition mm-hmm. in almond or soy i mean are they getting all the the i know there's a lot of sugar in milk but there's right. also there's some good things a lot of vitamin d yeah. and mm-hmm. well it turns out that you know you can get vitamin d from varieties of other foods of other it doesn't places. have to be milk mm-hmm. uh, and the vitamin d that's in milk is not absorbed that well anyway and, and the calcium isn't a uh, good quality uh, necessarily so so you can get those nutrients from other sources of foods. Okay. You don't have to rely on milk. I mean, we have been sort of uh, encouraged in our societies to think of milk as sort of a standard uh, food uh, for for good nutrition. But I think the, the science is, uh, has suggested otherwise. And it, it may be uh, better to, to maybe combine uh, maybe dairy foods with other non-dairy uh, products in order to reap the benefits of all of those different types of okay. uh, foods. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, milk, um, what I know is it has the, the hormones that are produced by the cow. Even if you buy organic milk, uh, that cow still has hormones and they don't remove those necessarily. And there's some concern about too many hormones in our children. And uh, I do believe that there's a correlation between uh, excess hormones and excess nutrition and uh, early development, especially in in females and girls. Uh, We're seeing the the, the start of menstrual cycles uh, become uh, begin earlier, earlier and earlier, and earlier. In, in the mm-hmm. last decade or so. And, and that's you feel that that's from these hormones from that nutrition in, in a way. I, I do believe that there's a correlation with that um, for sure. The other thing about the cows, I mean, these cows uh, are have to be pregnant in other in order for them to the produce milk. milk. Right. So guess what? How do they they do that? Well, they artificially inseminate, inseminate the cows them. for them to be pregnant multiple times, so they get their their value from this particular cow and so that's also those cows are being treated artificially to to be pregnant and they produce that milk and i'm not sure if that milk is very high quality or not 
Um, so we don't really make the entire dairy community here in the Central Valley sound so good with right this. Now. <laughs> um, would you recommend like a non-fat or a low-fat or a, mm-hmm. or one percent if somebody is adamant about? that drinking that yeah. milk drinking that yeah milk. And, and don't get me wrong i mean I, I think there's nothing wrong within reason even the academy of pediatrics uh states and uh, their statement for nutritional um uh needs uh, that the, a child should not be drinking more than 16 to 18 ounces of milk a day okay so that's kind of like maybe two sippy cups essentially of mm-hmm. milk and so that's uh that's more than enough and the rest of it should be water. Keep in mind that you don't want to substitute juice because juice is also a sugar. Right. And once you, I look at juice as a gateway to soda. And we know soda is not very good for us as, a, as, as humans. So you have to be very careful with, okay, we're going to give you this much milk and then uh, just water in between. But I do see cases where milk is on tap. I mean, it's just whenever you want it, the more the better. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that that's necessarily that's healthy. the healthiest. Okay. It also displaces the interest in eating other foods. So uh, kids that consume too much milk in general, in particular da- just dairy products, but in particular milk, uh, may become anemic because milk doesn't. It's not a good source of iron, and you need iron for your red blood cells. So. The those kids that look healthy, they're got they 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 look like they're gaining weight and so on may not be healthy from not a, healthy weight exactly um, yeah. I um I've always been told once again very old school that yeah. that milk makes your bones stronger yeah. because of the calcium mm-hmm. in there. So, right. but you can you're saying you can get that other ways. Right, and and of course, if there's a concern about calcium <clears throat> and vitamin D, I mean a multivitamin. That's one of the questions that uh, parents ask ask sometimes about multivitamins. I don't see a problem with that. Is there a, uh, is is there a need for that? Is it an absolute uh, necessity? Not really. But if you want to have to have that reassurance, uh, there is uh, one vitamin that seems to be uh, consistently low in the population is that's vitamin D. And it seems like every time I've checked a vitamin D level in an adolescent, it's low. You know, I have low vitamin D, right? And it's like, okay, how, how does that happen? Well, we get... You don't drink milk. The, the best, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> the best quality uh, uh, vitamin D production is through the sun. Yeah. So I think it's one of the reasons because we're not exposed to too much sun because there's a concern about uh, skin, oh, cancer. skin cancer yeah. and exposing, right, and skin damage and so on from sun exposure. So, and a lot of us, you know, work indoors and we're not exposed to the sun that much. So, so a little bit of sun exposure is important. A vitamin D, uh, D supplement is also important. But you can get vitamin D from, again, green leafy vegetables, whole grains, beans, seeds, and nuts. I mean, those. And then, of course, the non-dairy milks are, many of them are, are, are um, uh, they, they're, they're, they add vitamin D to it. They're, they're supplemented with vitamin D. And so you should be able to get enough levels, uh, enough quantity without having to rely on the milk per se. Okay. All right, let's talk about proteins a little mm-hmm. bit because you, you said at that four month they should be able to eat meats if they're smashed up and um, protein is important because that gives them the energy that they need to get through the day and mm-hmm. we have less meltdowns if we find out yeah. when we, we feed more protein. Yeah. Um, are there certain proteins that are better for um, toddlers or can they eat the same types of meats that we do at dinner? But mm-hmm. you kind of already answered that. Yeah. But is there something that we should be giving 
them um, more of or yeah. that's better than, you know, like is red meat okay right. or fish better? Yeah, meats are okay. But again, I mean, we're talking about a food that is overemphasized in our diet as it is. And again, if you look at the top killers of our society in, uh, in the developed countries, it's heart disease and cholesterol, cholesterol yeah. uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, and cancer. And so there, I believe, uh, in many ways, there, there's definitely a connection between those diseases and overconsumption of meats, Meat. especially processed meats, meats that, uh, that uh, are, are cured, like bacon and sausage and things like that. If you are going to have meat, obviously, the leaner, the better. If it's free range, probably better than, than something that's, uh, you know, uh, overly processed, basically. So, um, so going back to the question as far as children, the amount of protein, sometimes parents ask, well, um, if, because uh, I emphasize a plant-based diet, I do believe that a plant-based diet, if you look at the healthiest people in the world, they're, they're mostly vegetarians, and, and the vegans are like at the top, right? I mean, they, they really are, I believe, that they're the healthiest folks, because they're not getting any uh, of the uh, parts of the nutrition that are that are harmful to us, like cholesterol and saturated fats and things like that, that can lead to diseases. So the all foods have protein, even apples and um, and, and 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 lettuce, right? They they have to have protein. Um, it's part of their composition. How much protein? It varies. Obviously, meat is a is a tissue. It's a muscle, basically, for the most part. So it has higher contents of protein. But it doesn't mean that you can't get enough protein just by eating a variety of plant-based foods. And, and again, there's, there's specific categories that you can consume where you're never going to go wrong. If you talk to a vegan, they'll say, okay, well, I eat vegetables and fruits, whole grains, seeds and nuts, uh, and beans, the legumes, right? So, so those five foods are enough to basically provide all the nutritional needs that you could ever possibly want. Uh, and then some, and, uh, and and then if you are going to consume some meats, it should be more of a uh, of a side dish, if you will, okay. uh, rather than the, the main, main course. Dish. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what you know, this is this is the question mm-hmm. I want to know the most. <laughs> you know, it's busy night. You mm-hmm. don't have time for to make a meal. By all means, you don't have time to make. Um, and all right. grain, protein, greens, free sure, meal, you know, all that. <laughs> what What's the best recommendation for a fast food that you would have for a child if you're on the go and you need to feed your, your toddler? On the go. This McDonald's, right? This comes up all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, luckily, th- there are better choices now. Yeah. I mean, over the years, I started to notice in uh, a lot of big cities where you can go and have a relatively decent fast food alternative. Exactly. Yeah. So, for example, in, in town, like Butterfish, for example. Mm-hmm. you know, that's Which is a, outstanding. Yeah, it's so very good. good. Or, or Tofa's is another one. Uh, I think... These restaurants are responding to the the consumers where they are trying to provide something that's definitely healthy more option. right yeah. more wholesome more more healthy. Um, another one would be Wahoo's, where it's Mexican food, but they they serve like tofu and brown rice if you yeah. wanted to. Mm-hmm. There's many others. I know I'm leaving a lot of restaurants out. I don't I don't intend to do well, that's that. That's fine. But, but those are good examples. But those of- are uh, yeah. What about, um, and I just think of this one off of the hand because they promote themselves as being more lean and more mm. um, healthy friendly is like uh, um, Chick-fil-A. 
Yeah, that one I don't know too much about. No. But uh, they're French fries, so yeah, <laughs> they are. But I mean, they they say that their their chicken Chicken's is not processed. Good, yeah. It's uh-huh. you know, I don't right. know. You you want to believe? I say that because that's where we take ours. The chicken <laughs> is yeah. good, though. <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, I mean, you you have to sort of. Um, be aware of, of what the food, the ingredients of the foods primarily, uh, and some of them are healthier than others. Mm-hmm. The The worst type of fast food that we consume is, is anything that's fried. You know, that's just, you know, the trans fats are obviously not good for mm-hmm. us. Uh, uh, one of the things that, that I know sometimes you're busy and you don't have time to cook, but um, just even going to Whole Foods, they have like their... Uh, the, where you can self-serve, serve yourself right. the self-serve mm-hmm. items or, or Lassen's is another health really store. Really good place. Yeah. yeah, that's another good place. And um, you kind of uh, put something together and bring it home and, and then eat it at home. But, um, but yeah, those are different alternatives. Mm. So, you know, we do, uh, my husband and I really like different ethnicities of food. We eat a lot of Indian food. We mm-hmm. eat sushi. Mm-hmm. Are all of those okay to introduce to our young toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> I well, I would hope so. Fact, I mean, yeah. I, I think that a lot of families uh, that come from various countries and they have their own cultural um, traditions and food traditions, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, that that's uh, uh, would be a very uh, enjoyable experience mm-hmm. to be able to provide the same foods that you grew up with and it was good enough for you, you yeah. know, why not for your child? And for the most part, uh, many, many cultures have uh, wonderful foods uh, that are, are very uh, healthy. Um, I think uh, if you look at the doctors that have written a lot of books on nutrition, uh, you, they always go back to that Mediterranean diet. Right, uh, you know, which the, is good uh, too. It is good. There's yeah. a lot of good Mediterranean good. places mm-hmm. here in town. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of bargaining when it comes with toddlers. I mean, you know, do this and I'll give you a piece of candy. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. so you're you're not saying that you can't you can't give your child any type of sweets. It's just right. in less moderation. In moderation. Yeah. I understand that there that we have a, a ginormous, uh, no pun intended, uh, obesity problem mm. in, in the United States. Yeah. But but still, you do want to introduce those types of foods just as if you were introducing a an Indian plate or a mm. sushi or Mediterranean plate to them so mm. that they they don't discover later in life, hey, this is Binge all I'm going to eat all yeah. day right. long. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there are, you know, sweets okay? So some sweets are okay. I mean, like you said, it, it, it's something that you don't want to put too much value on because mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, a lot of times parents who are picky eaters are just not interested in eating. And so there's this uh, uh, tug of war going on or they're bribing, being bribed with, well, I'll give you the ice cream if you eat this. Mm-hmm. What, what that does, it just overvalues the, the non-nutritious mm-hmm. food. They use it as like a reward system. Right. And, and so they have to understand that this should just be an option and that sometimes we have sweets, sometimes it's not necessary. You don't have to have dessert every day uh, in order to, you know, have a, a complete meal necessarily. And uh, there should be, uh, like some parents are very organized and they, they might have a calendar. And maybe Friday nights is, is where you really do the trees. You go out and then you have something um, and as a dessert, like frozen yogurt or whatever. But I don't see a problem with that. One of the things that, that you also run the risk of is is you are making certain foods like a taboo for that child, right? Mm-hmm. And so they might develop kind of the opposite effect right. later on. Right. Is, oh, I was neg- I was deprived of this mm-hmm. and now, you know, they're going to go to town when they get old enough or they sneak it or something. Yeah, that that's my that would be my fear. It's like, you know, <laughs> right. I never Sneaking give candy bars. And soda is a big right. thing. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't drink soda 
soda in our house. Good, we just, we yeah. don't buy it. We don't, we drink water. We drink milk. Right. <laughs> but you know, that, that was one of my worst fears is with my old, older daughter is like, I'm, I never gave it to her. Like she, I don't think she had a soda until she was probably 10. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, but she, it never really took, she still doesn't drink well, it to this soda, day. Well, soda, one of the things I would make a, a, a remark on it, uh, with soda is that most of the sodas in this country are sweetened with something called high fructose corn syrup. Right, which is a synthetic sugar derived from corn, and it is very toxic to our bodies, particularly the liver. Uh, and there's a, a, a researcher out of UCSF, he's an endocrinologist, who did a lot of the research in this. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. I'll get back to that. But um, he discovered that uh, high fructose corn syrup is the equivalent of, equivalent of alcohol without the buzz, he calls it. So it does the same damage as alcohol in our bodies, but it doesn't cross doesn't the blood-brain the barrier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I am very uh, strong in trying to communicate to the families that if you can avoid sodas, that's like... At all costs, do it. Yeah, yeah, you would be doing yourself a, a big favor. And on the flip side, you have the diet drinks. And unfortunately, I have a lot of friends of mine, family members that drink the diet drinks, but those are not no better because yeah, you're trying to trick the body. Good. Yeah, I know. Well, there's that after aftertaste yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, are there any additional resources or cookbooks or something mm-hmm. that you can recommend for meals? I mean, because that's one of the things I struggle with mm-hmm. is. I feel like we have the same, same 14 yeah. dinners every single, you know, rotation. Is there, you know, is there right. a good cookbook that's healthy dieting or healthy living, healthy yeah. meals? <laughs> <laughs> There's probably too many. Uh, and, and again, I would just point folks to the Academy of Pediatrics, their website. Uh, they've got rich resources. They have a, a sister website called healthychildren.org. And that's where you get into the really specific categories. Like they have a, a link called Ages and Stages. And if you click on that, they have prenatal, they have the baby, they have the toddler age. And when you click on those uh, sublinks, it takes you to pretty much everything from uh, activities to nutrition to sleep and all the other developmental milestones that they should be, should be doing. Uh, they also provide some recipes in there. And then, of course, if you go to like your local Barnes & Noble, there's books on nutrition for children. I don't have any particular one because I feel that you, you, a lot of it is online already. YouTube has multiple channels about cooking healthy for your child um, that would be very beneficial to those parents who uh, are, are, are committed to maybe a particular category of foods. So for example, if they might be lacto-ovo vegetarian, meaning they're vegetarian, but they want to introduce some um, some dairy. And others are, are pescarians, meaning that they just eat um, fish, fish as a meat, and then the rest of it is, is, is going to be. But there's so, and then the farmer's market. I always tell parents, you know, go and explore the farmer's market with your toddler. Have them pick up an eggplant and, a, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, a string bean, and have them play with it and just look at it so that they know that there's a connection between real food and, you know, how it's made and put on the table. Yeah, and the farmer's market in Clovis, which is phenomenal for food, yeah. but then they bring in all these fast food trucks and yeah. muck it up with, right, yeah, right. come have a deep-fried fried uh, Oreo, Oreo <laughs> with your deep-fried yeah. burrito and then buy some vegetables while you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Well, unfortunately, you have to be your own child's advocate. One of the, the challenges that I find in a lot of families is that they have a child in the family who may be showing signs of overweight or just being very picky or not having a good diet. 
And you can talk to the family about all these wonderful benefits of eating a healthy diet, but guess what? Everybody in the family has to buy has into to that. It, yeah. So so if the parents are drinking soda every day and they're going to McDonald's three times a week, uh, the child's seeing that. Right. So we're, we're the best teachers for our children. So we have to model the behavior that we want our chi- children to adopt. Otherwise, you know, they're, 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 there's no deal yeah. there. And, and so that, I think, and that's where you require a, a team approach, a, a group of uh, people that can support you uh, in, in, in your goal of uh, getting to a normal, healthy weight and making good choices. And regarding the weight, going back, is I don't want to uh, leave people the impression that uh, being overweight is all kind of an outside perspective and how you look. And that's not the case. I mean, all children are beautiful. Every, we all come in different sizes and shapes and whatnot. What we worry about is what's happening to the organs inside, inside. the body because mm-hmm. you can't tell necessarily. So uh, being overweight on the outside is a reflection of what's going on to the organs inside. And that includes vital organs like your heart, your liver, your kidneys. So over time, maybe not when you're 5 or 10 or even 15, but over time, that those dietary lifestyle choices will uh, take a toll. Mm-hmm. And I have families in their, that are parents that are in their 20s and 30s that are taking blood pressure medication or they're already wow. using insulin. And I'm like, that's totally preventable. In yeah. my mind, uh, you can completely prevent diseases uh, if you really put your mind Lifestyle to it changes, right. and you make a there's a, researchers that have looked at um, the idea of well, what are the most common causes of death and um, uh, there's really no such thing as dying of uh, natural causes most of us die of, of some kind of a disease well if you are able to prevent 80 percent of the diseases that we die of then you should be able to extend your life people say oh but you know in our family all of us are overweight uh, that's genetic well maybe you didn't inherit the genes to be overweight but you inherited the the lifestyle mm-hmm. of the family that's really what most people inherit so even if you come from a family where there's diabetes and high blood pressure obesity that doesn't mean that you you're are gonna so you're going to have that as well uh, genetics uh, accounts for about 10 percent of our predisposition to disease the rest of it is basically lifestyle, lifestyle choices. and choices okay. yeah. all right is there anything else you'd like to add when it comes to nutrition and you know and maybe changing some bad habits that (laughs) families may have? I think just commitment. You want to start with baby steps, right? I mean, you can't change and do a flip 180 overnight uh, because that can be overwhelming and and people can get depressed from that, right? You, You need your comfort foods, but you just make a small change. So I'll tell a teenager, for example, well, you know, I was drinking maybe three to five sodas a week. Well, maybe you can cut down to one to two sodas a week. Mm-hmm. So that one change will eliminate significant number of calories from yeah. your diet, right? And sugar. And in fact, um, it's been shown that that uh, about 30 to 40% of excess calories in, in our diet is liquid diet, li- liquid calories. Oh. So if you just say, okay, I'm going to change to water in my liquid because you really don't need anything else but water. That's another <laughs> thing that it gets asked a lot. Do I need milk after the age of one? Absolutely not. 
you, all you need is water to survive. All of your nutrition should really come from your 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 uh, your food, your solid foods. It's a little bit of a you know ex- I drink extreme too much coffee, there. So. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about coffee and wine <laughs> on the episode. But um, but yeah, right. I mean, we, we drink a lot of water in our house too. But you know there is we still have milk. Yeah. We still have coffee. Moderation. But Moderation, yeah, so baby yeah. says, so if you eliminated, so I've had patients of mine, for example, that they were concerned about their weight. And I said, okay, well, let's see you in a month, but no more sugary drinks. That includes Gatorade and juices and sodas and all this. People say, oh, I'm drinking fruit juice. Well, fruit juice is still sugar. Still sugar. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, eat the fruit, not the fruit juice. And they come back and their weight's completely stabilized. Uh, meaning that they eliminated 30, 40% of their calories. So now they can actually make a few more adjustments and get to where they want to be. Hmm. So. All right. Well, thank you very okay. much for okay. your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank we'll you talk much. to you soon. Okay.